Welcome to Taking Control of Your Financial Life podcast, providing the simple answers to the complex questions asked about your financial future. Let's get you the answers you need about retirement, investing, asset planning, and the current market. Here's your host, Julian Rubenstein. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Taking Control of Your Financial Life. My name is Julian Rubenstein, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also the president of American Asset Management, a registered investment advisor located in Boca Raton. I'm very excited about today's show as we have Jared Stark from Stark Business Law as our guest today. So please join me in welcoming Jared. Hello, Jared. Thanks, Julian. I appreciate it. Uh, so, Jared, I know that you've had an interesting career. It's not uh, the standard law that you're practicing now. So why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your career and what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. So um, basically, when I graduated law school, I worked at a huge firm for a little bit up in D.C., came back down to Florida, uh, where my family is, my wife's family, and uh, was in-house counsel for a little bit. And then um, always been entrepreneurial. So ended up uh, forming my own firm, went solo, and uh, been doing that um, ever since. And uh, recently also started another project, uh, which is uh, Stark and Company, um, which sells legal forms uh, and templates, um, basically the easiest way to get contracts without having to go through the whole process of hiring a lawyer and waiting for the turnaround time. So basically ready to use contracts drafted by a lawyer online. So uh, at this point, basically have uh, have done the big firm thing, the in-house thing, the small firm thing, the entrepreneurial thing. I've, uh, I've done every aspect of law pretty much except government. Uh, now, is it just business law or is it business law documents or do you also do personal law documents? Yeah, great question. So right now, really just business law documents. That's where I focused my career over the last decade or so. So I work primarily with startups, uh, with entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses. Right. So it, I assume it'd be like employment agreements or non-competes, things of that nature? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at this point, you know, I've, I've done every document under the sun that a business could need, but I'd say the most common ones are, like you said, employment agreements uh, or offer letters for employees, independent contractor agreements, master service agreements for service providers, um, vendor agreements, non-disclosure agreements, uh, all that fun stuff. And do you, if they have a question, can they call you if, if they have a question about the form? Sure. So again, yeah, two two parts of my practice. The you know I've got the the practice itself where people can come if they need actual legal services, and then the other side, which is really just the, the you know the forms and templates. Um, we do have customer service through email. So if people have questions or people have you know just general need some general guidance as to you know which form they need, um, we provide that as well. That's great. Okay. What I want to ask you now. So, what drew you to this type of law? Yeah, you know, so I've, I've always, like I said, I've always been entrepreneurial. I think when I went to law school, a lot of people, when they go to law school, the goal is um, to work for the biggest firm they can find, or it's to, you know, go into government and maybe become a prosecutor, a public defender. Uh, for me, I always had the goal of starting my own firm. I always knew that's where I'd be eventually. Uh, I've just always been entrepreneurial and I saw law as a good way to get there. So, but I guess the flip side of that is being entrepreneurial. I was attracted to the idea of helping other people start and grow their businesses. So that's what drew me to it. You know, and it's been rewarding being able to help people do that. That's great. So what is um, on the client side of your practice? What is something that you share with each client? Is there one, you know, one major piece of advice you give to every client? Mm, good question. You know, I mean, it, I guess every client's a little bit different, obviously, and they're in different stages of their growth cycle with their business and where they are. 
But I'd say, you know, one thing that's probably true for everyone, no matter where you are, is uh, before you really get started with anything, uh, you should do a trademark search. A lot of people don't think about that. They know they've got to form their company, whether it's an LLC or a corporation, they think about that. Maybe they think they've heard they should, you know, talk to an accountant about an S-corp election. There's all sorts of things like that. And that's all great. But um, the first thing really is if you've got a name in mind and you plan on using it, you've got to do a federal trademark search to make sure that nobody else is using a similar name. If not, you know, you could have everything else in place. You could have clients. You could be, you know, just absolutely crushing it on the business side. But, you know, a year down the road, it's a ticking time bomb and someone else who's using the name can sue you for infringement and basically make you rebrand your entire company, which can be a disaster. So one piece of advice universally for all entrepreneurs is uh, once you've got a name you begin to use or even a slogan you want to use, just make sure you do a trademark search or contact an attorney to do a trademark search before you start using it. That's, you know, it's interesting to say that my very first business, uh, we did a name search. And then you're right, about two years later, we got sued because it was a similar name. But it was not a problem because it was a frivolous case. But it was a good thing that we did a search and made sure that we didn't, you know, because we were going to use that name, actually. <laughs> and, and, we, and we switched <laughs> not to be a problem. So that is very, very good advice. Good, good. I'm glad it worked out. But yeah, I mean, and then, you know, you're right also, which is even... Even when you do your homework and you do it all right and you, you know you use a name that you think looks really secure, trademark law is such a gray area. Uh, there's so much subjectivity to it that you could still have someone come out of the woodwork and file some frivolous lawsuit against you anyway. That's just the nature of it. Right. I think this was, in my case, it was just a scare tactic. Yeah. But, but, you know, once we responded correctly, they just went away. It wasn't a real big deal. Often it is. Yeah. I see a lot of that. You know, when I see sometimes larger companies, um, you know, that are well-heeled, can use their war chest to sort of beat um, their competitors into submission. So, you know, if they find someone out there who's in the same space and using a name and it's really a long shot, it's not that similar, but they send a cease and desist letter anyway to try and scare them off. Yeah, even when it's a very weak case, I see that all the time. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I use, what I was gonna ask you next is, what is your unique approach that separates you, aside from the form side, but on, you know, your direct to your clients? What makes you different? How do you set yourself apart from the competition? Yeah, so a couple of ways. Number one is we typically work on a flat fee basis. So it's attractive to a lot of small businesses or startups because you can contain your pricing and really budget accordingly. Uh, you know, hourly pricing can get a little crazy and can become runaway when every month you've got, you know, if, if you're... If you're a startup and you've got a certain runway, um, you know what your burn rate is. Uh, you know, if you've got a lawyer and you have no idea what the bill is going to be in any given month, it sort of throws that into flux. So, with uh, you know being flexible on flat fee pricing has helped us to to become a little bit uh, more more I guess easy to work with uh, with first true startups. Um, you know, other thing I think that sets us apart is that. So since we're a small firm, it's really just me at this point. It's very one-on-one. -on -one. You know, you're not going to be speaking to a legal assistant or a paralegal, and you're speaking to someone who is a business owner. So you can, you know, a lot of lawyers, a lot of lawyers have a very lawyerly mindset, right? They're they're not thinking about getting the deal done. Um, they're thinking about how to over-engineer it. You know, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm always thinking about how do how do we get this done? How do we get this done properly? But how do you get to the finish line? Uh, because I'm a business person, and I understand that. So I think that's a big deal. You know, I, I know you work at Latham. Did they ever do uh, flat billing, or is it, are the big firms all hourly? 
So uh, I did start my career at Latham. Um, I don't know, to be honest. You know, I mean, I think obviously hourly billing is the most prominent model. It's possible they had some alternative fee arrangements, but um, you know, at that point in my career, that was those decisions were definitely above my pay grade. So <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell me, Alushna, since you did work for one of the largest firms, actually the second largest firm, and I guess it's the country, maybe the world. What was it like there? Yeah, I mean, Latham's a great firm. It was a great place to start a career. Um, I was only there for about a year or so, give or take, uh, and then came back down to Florida. But my, um, you know, my experience there was great. You work with some of the, you know, smartest lawyers you'll ever meet. Um, you work on extremely complex matters and cases, uh, you know, with huge values behind them. And you get the best training, really. I mean, you the people who, who you work with, they've created such great infrastructure and systems and training. And I'm not trying to do an ad here for Latham because, again, <laughs> I was only there for a year and I left, obviously, to do my own thing. But um, but it was a good experience. And, uh, you know, it's a good place to start a career. Yeah. Or any big firm, for that matter. I mean, I, I think that um, if you are a lawyer and, you know, you've got options, starting at a firm, um, you know, at a, at a large firm, if you can, uh, is helpful in a lot of ways in terms of just building the right um, the right skill set and also the right, I guess you know approach to work and uh, and I guess you know habits work habits. One hundred percent. I mean, you're getting a real a, a foundation that works, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't yeah. be who they are. It's exactly. just like yeah, you know, like my kids went to a private school and they say the biggest thing they got out of that was learning how to study and prepare for a test, sure. not not pull all nighters and, and and you know go on the fly. <laughs> and that makes sense, yeah. And of course, yeah, and very few people really have the opportunity to work at a top hundred law firm, right? It's not a lot of jobs there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's it can be tough to get, um, but I think it's a it's a good place to start for sure. Right. So, um, how do you define success right now? I mean, you're still young and getting started, but <laughs> you define success. I don't feel young anymore. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, uh, generously, and uh, I've got young kids and uh, busy household. So I think success is, um, I guess my definition of success is changing, right? It's evolving. So at this point, it's actually about uh, working a little bit less um, and finding time to make sure that you are available to create memories with your kids and um, you know be, be a good parent. So that's, that's what my evolving, when I, when I was in my twenties and I was first going out as a solo attorney in my late twenties, I would say that um, you know I would I would work you know late into the night or whatever I would I would really you know do whatever it took to grow the firm and at this point obviously still working hard uh, still meeting people and promoting the firm and doing a good job for my clients and all that and I'm happy to do that but trying to focus more on making sure that you know. I can be there to enjoy uh, my kids. I think that's one thing that's actually really nice about being a solo attorney or being in business for yourself in general, or even just even without that, just the, the way the world has changed and there's more hybrid work opportunities than ever is I, you know, I've got an office, but I work from home most days and I'm always here to have dinner with my kids every night. We have dinner together. We have breakfast together. They come home and uh, you know, usually I, they're like banging. I have a home office set up, which is nice. And I close the door, but you know, they're banging on the door at 3 PM when they get home from school and we hang out for a little bit and we have dinner. So, um, being able to take advantage of that, I think is, uh, the way I measure success now. That's great. So what do you wish you knew when you started that, you know, now what's one thing you wish you could have known <laughs> getting right into law? 
Sure. Uh, the burnout is real. That uh, you could you could burn out very easily. I've been there, and you have to be able to know you know when to say no to a client, when uh, to to set limits on yourself, um, and how to grow in a sustainable way. I guess that's a lot to know, a lot to, a lot to say. It's really generic, I guess, in some ways, generic advice. But I think that you know you've got to be careful about how you grow your business or how you grow your professional uh, career to make sure that you're building a sustainable way. Okay. And what would you say is your biggest challenge right now? That's a good question. The biggest challenge I think is, is finding that work-life balance. I think that's true for a lot of people. Um, you know, making sure that you're happy um, professionally and also that you're busy professionally and that you're still finding the work to be a challenge, but in a good way, uh, while also um, having the time to, to enjoy, you know, all the reasons you're working. So that's always a challenge. I think it's a, it's a little bit of a give and take here and there. I think right now I'm in a pretty good place as far as that goes, but uh, you know, it, it's always a balance. Right. And, and what would you, but would you say, what would you say is your biggest business challenge? Not so much the balancing of, of the personal. Yeah. Biggest business challenge I'd say is scaling in general. Scaling is, is, is difficult. I mean, I've, I've been fortunate that I've worked with great clients over the years um, and I'm always meeting new great clients. But scaling is difficult uh, for any business and it's really difficult in a law firm because people, you know, they, they want to speak in a law firm, you're selling your time and people want to speak to you. And even if you hire people and scale, uh, you know, in the, in the type of practice I'm in, it's very personal. Uh, I like to develop those relationships with clients. But, you know, conversely, that makes it very difficult to scale because you don't want to just put all of your work on somebody else. And then it's hard to maintain that relationship. Got it. Okay. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners that we didn't talk about? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to even just, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how many of your listeners are in small businesses or small to medium sized businesses or thinking about being entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, but happy to even just talk about some general pointers for going that route in life. Okay. And what's the best way our listeners can contact you? Sure. Uh, email is probably the best, which is jstark at starkbusinesslaw.com. And always happy to, to answer questions or hop on a phone call. Great. Well, I appreciate the uh, time you spent with us today. I'm sure as we have some listeners that will take advantage of it, especially the flat fee billing is a great thing. <laughs> I, I, I am one who has had many bills I've questioned how you could spend so many hours on, on a small project. And you know, Julian, there's actually an entire industry around that. Uh, there are professionals out there who you can hire and large companies do to go through their legal bills and, uh, and negotiate with the law firms to sort of prove why they spent so much time on the task. Well, I'll leave you with one funny story. So I recently launched a mutual fund and I got a flat fee to do it. And when I got billed, they billed me twice as much as they said. <laughs> and it was literally an argument. And I'm looking at, the, what do you call it? The, um, the engagement letter. The engagement letter. I'm saying, but I'm looking at the engagement letter. <laughs> what am I missing here? <laughs> Maybe you signed two engagement letters by accident. <laughs> it was a bizarre conversation. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'll let you go. It was great having this podcast. Hopefully, we'll do it again. Sounds great. Really appreciate the time. Thank you for tuning in to Taking Control of Your Financial Life. For more information about today's topics, please visit or check the show notes for more important information and links. Share, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.